Spoiler alert. This is a Dissecting Dexter podcast. Reviewing Dexter Season 5. There will be plot information for Season 5, and possibly previous seasons. You have been warned. Hi guys, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, and... At the risk of sounding like a stuck record, it's bloody freezing still. We're still in the middle of, uh, well, we're coming towards the end of the big freeze, I think. The, the, the weathermen are forecasting uh, a thaw towards the end of the week. And to be fair, it is, well, right now it's minus two outside compared to minus nine yesterday lunchtime. So it's slightly less freezing. It's <laughs> relative degrees of, of freezing. Um... But my journeys into work at the moment are just staggering. It's taken me nearly two hours to get into work for a journey that should normally take me about an hour and a quarter. It's only about 60 miles, so so that's not much fun. But I'm I'm getting through a lot of podcasts, so it's it's not all bad. Um, and, well, what's worse news, perhaps, is that we've only got one episode of, uh, of this season of Dexter left. That's terrible. Oh, well, I don't know what to say. Oh yes, I do. Let's uh, let's get stuck into this week's Dexter episode. Um, firstly, the ratings for episode eleven: two point two six million, which is down. God, down three hundred thousand from the week before. Uh, now, I didn't mention last week when I was talking about the previous rating for episode ten in the beginning, it being the second highest rated Dexter episode ever. You may have been able to to guess, but the highest rated ever episode was the season four finale, and that only got thirty thousand more. So um, things are very rosy for the show. So that's all good. Obviously, we're Showtime have now officially announced. I think the date was December the sixth. They announced that uh, season six will go into production next spring in Los Angeles. Um, I'll read a little bit out uh, from the press release. David Nevins, president of entertainment at Showtime Network, said, Dexter is the best suspense drama on television. To grow its audience so significantly in its fifth season is an enormous accomplishment by this amazing cast and crew. This is the easiest decision I've made since I got to Showtime. So that's just fantastic news, confirming what we what had previously been reported the week before. Um, but... And, and and he's wording there, talking about the the audience growing. We've obviously talked about it a bit in the podcast, as as how the uh, ratings have been increasing and increasing. Um, that on the numbers alone, it would have been hard for Showtime to cancel the show, um, and and that I, I speculated maybe it would be more a case of uh, the creative team and how much longer they felt they could string out the the story but as we know um it, money talks and, and numbers talk and and that's usually the bottom line with shows uh so as long as numbers are so high um i don't know a showtime going to try and string this out as long as possible but obviously a seventh season uh which is still a long way ahead that's that's going to be subject to some renegotiation because as i understand it michael c hall is is only negotiated uh up to the end of season six so for season seven, you'd expect budget to go up because these guys are going to want a bit more money. Um, OK, so the latest episode, episode 11, Hopper Freighter. Um, let's have a little look at that, shall we? Um, now, rather than a straight writer being credited, 
this week, I was surprised to see not just, uh, well, not a credit for just written by, but instead it said story by Karen Campbell and teleplay by Scott Buck and Tim Schlappman. Now, Scott and Tim are familiar names to us, but who is Karen Campbell? I was very intrigued to see that they apparently drafted someone in from the outside just to write the story and then have two of the show's regulars write the actual script. Now, I've had a little look, a little dig around, and Karen Campbell is a Scottish crime writer. And as far as I can tell, she's only had three books published. It would seem that she may have been drafted in to help the show's resident writers move the plot forward in some way. Which is interesting in itself. Maybe they were having some trouble pulling things together with only two episodes remaining of the season. Now, I wonder if someone on the show had read Campbell's books and was a fan, because for someone with only three books under their belt, well, I'm surprised a successful TV show, an award-winning TV show, turned to them to get them out of a spot, assuming they were in a spot. Anyway, enough speculation. I was just really intrigued by the change. The director of this episode is John Dahl, who we've seen at the helm several times before, including Hungry Man, if you remember. And this is his third episode of season five. Okay, let's go with the episode review. ultimate episode really played more like the first half of a two-parter which which of course it is really i got the feeling they were trying to pack quite a bit in because it felt quite fast-paced with story progression but less on the character stuff when it finished i was thinking about what i might say about it on the podcast and i was thinking that there wasn't much character stuff to get into but plenty of plot points to talk about That said, it wasn't devoid of character stuff, but we'll get to that. Let's start with the opening of the episode, with Deb and Quinn going back to see Jordan Chase in his office, and of course we know that they've got him well pegged as being involved in the Barrel Girl case. They've gone to rattle his cage a bit, and they succeed. You can see Jordan's irritation showing through. He's talking too much and trying to go Deb, but... She's unfazed and unsettled by him, reminding him how all his friends are being bumped off and he might be next. When they left, I wondered if that would be the last time Deb or Quinn see him alive. Then, just to illustrate Deb's warning to Jordan, (coughs) we see Dexter and Lumen planning their attack. It (laughs) It was a little bit surreal, them on the floor, Dexter lying on his tummy, positioning toys on a floor plan, but... (laughs) looking like a child playing with toy soldiers. It was a nice touch. And you've got Lumen sitting next to him, her hand resting gently on his back, illustrating the new closeness that they share and how comfortable she is with him. She wants to be used as bait to get Jordan out in the open. Now, one of the big storylines this season is Stan Liddy and, unbeknown to Dexter, his surveillance of Dexter and... I thought it a little convenient for the sake of wrapping up this plot line quickly when Dexter saw them on the baby monitor and picking up uh, that it was picking up Liddy's remote cameras. Of course, Dexter assumed it was Jordan and he sets off to find the van he presumes is being used to watch them from. He does some canny detective work and thinks he has Quinn pegged as being the one and manages to single out the van parked near his apartment. 
I like the moment outside Dex's apartment with Lumen when she was getting concerned that they might not be able to finish their mission. When Dexter hugged her, the look on his face was a nice mix of concern and worry. Concern for Lumen, who he has now clearly grown to genuinely care for. I won't say love yet. But also worry about being watched and how much the person knows. Incidentally, it did occur to me... Where the bloody hell is Deb staying at the moment? She'd split up with Quinn, hadn't she? So she wouldn't be staying with him. Have the writers forgotten about this little point? The storyline with the nanny looking after Harrison, still in Orlando, that bothered me this week in in how far she's willing to go for Dexter now. When she got upset previously by having to stay overnight at his apartment when he didn't come back for one night. And now she's suddenly happy to go above and beyond. Uh, we got some feedback about this to go into a little bit later, so I won't say too much about it now. Actually, going back to Deb, her detective skills have been on fire this season. Thinking about it, how often are her instincts actually wrong? She has a knack for detecting like Dexter has his knack for spotting killers. She's so, so close to putting all the pieces of the Barrel Girl case together and linking it to Lumen and Dexter. She and Quinn need only have one conversation because between them, they could nail this. They just don't realise it. Perhaps Quinn will start to think about Liddy's suspicions of Dexter now and his discovery of Lumen and maybe mention it to Deb, who will put that together with the girls staying in Dexter's old house. They're just so close to the truth, it's unreal. Again, we've got some feedback coming up, singing Deb's praises and how close she is with her vigilante duo theory. She and Quinn went to talk to Dan Mandel's wife, and I thought it quite funny that the name on the door of his dental practice was Dan the Dentist. We'd use this as a nickname for him, but I thought it funny he called himself the same thing at his practice. But going back to Dexter, checking into Quinn, they go to his apartment, and when they're looking on the computer, they seem to leave the apartment with re- without resetting the computer to how they found it. Dexter makes a point of returning the photos of him and Lumen on the boat to where they found them, but they leave without going back to the computer. I did like the little laugh we got with the farting cat, although it did feel a little forced and out of place. This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. Dexter realises how close the police are to nabbing Jordan Chase, and he's obviously worried. The last thing he wants is to pounce on Jordan, just as the police are doing the same thing. He'd have a tough time explaining that one. Although, remember the moment last season when he was at the Mitchells' house and the police turned up? (laughs) My God, I thought he was screwed that time, but wriggled out of it by the skin of his teeth. He has an interesting conversation with Deb, where she elaborates on her vigilante theory, but not before she tells him Quinn was investigating him about Rita's death. And we get a little insight into her relationship with Quinn. She's upset, of course, because she trusted him and cared about him, and she felt betrayed by him, suspecting Dexter... She needs to be able to 100% trust him. She says you don't lie to someone you're close to, you have their back. The parallel with his own long-term deception isn't lost in Dexter, and you see a brief flash of it on his face, although it's fair to say that Dexter has always looked out for Deb and had her back, but a nice subtle performance by Hall in this scene. I need someone I can trust 100%. Like this. (laughs) A boot print? Vigilante. She has someone in her life, a guy who's helping her, someone that would do anything and everything for her. How do you know that? 
Honestly, I don't know, but what they're doing takes devotion. To kill someone together, that's some pretty serious shit. Is that what Lumen and I have? Serious shit? He's risking his life. He's putting everything on the line to make what happened to her right. As crazy as that sounded, what, what word would you use to describe that but love? <laughs> it's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, pretty fucked up. Kind of beautiful, too. I love Deb's little comment at the end there, that it's kind of beautiful. She almost sounds jealous that this woman, that this woman she thinks is the vigilante, that she's got someone so devoted to them. Actually, it was a really good performance by Jennifer Carpenter in that scene, too. She's had her critics over the years, but I think she's come a long way as an actress since season one. I remember that great scene last season when she broke down in tears talking about Lundy. That was wonderful acting. Deb's really become one of my favourite characters. But boy, Deb was on the money there. Absolutely spot on with the truth. And I think she was possibly even revealing things to Dexter about his relationship with Lumen that he'd not realised himself. I mean, he's often failed to recognise normal emotions in himself in the past, but he's come a long way now that when someone else points something out, he doesn't dismiss it. And we went from this to the scene with Dexter buying a gift for Lumen. They were looking at more regular stuff first before settling on a knife, which I found pretty funny and indicative of the unique relationship they've got going there. Well, unique's one word for it. I also turned to my wife at that moment and said that knife will come in handy later, and I didn't have to wait long to be proven right in that scene at Emily Birch's house. But as I'm kind of going through the episode in the order it happened, let's jump over to the showdown with Liddy next. Dexter is watching the surveillance van and goes to take down who he thinks he's Quinn he's armed with a syringe but Liddy gets the jump on him of course surprised Dexter was taken down so easily though he's usually so cautious or at least pre-season five Dexter was but he had the syringe with him was he intending to kill Quinn or just incapacitate him and lock him up somewhere Dokes style remember how worked up he was over Dokes having him locked up but not being able to kill him of course, Liddy had no idea who he was dealing with, God bless him, and his cockiness got the better of him, and Dexter takes him down as Quinn rolls up to make the bust. Reluctantly, of course, but he succumbed to Liddy's powers of persuasion. Quinn couldn't risk getting in trouble over what had gone on before, and who knows what muck Liddy has on him apart from this illegal investigation. So, this sequence was cut nicely with Lumen getting in trouble with Jordan, unbeknownst to Dexter, who was in trouble of his own for a time. When Emily Birch rang Lumen, didn't you just know Jordan was going to be there? The music in the scene indicated we were meant to be surprised by the reveal of him being there, but you didn't have to be Einstein to figure out she'd be calling on his instructions. And then that drop of blood that fell on Quinn's shoe. It'll be physical evidence of his presence at Liddy's death. He could be in a world of trouble before the end of the finale, but will he point the finger at Dexter to help his case and risk his thing with Deb? And any more shenanigans, she's not going to forgive him, is she? And this after he's just declared his affections for her and said she makes him a better person. That scene in this episode across the table, he seemed really genuine. Shame, she seems destined to be always unlucky in love. Anyway, Dexter gets Lumen's message about going to see Emily. 
And of course, Dexter smells a rat. However, I'm not the only one that was surprised that he threw Liddy's laptop very hastily into the water right by the van. Wouldn't the police check there? Another reckless moment from our favourite serial killer. To give Dexter time to travel to Emily's house, we jump to the police station and LaGuerta and Deb have a scene with a little tease. We're led to believe LaGuerta has blocked Deb's attempt to get a judge to sign off on stopping Jordan leaving the country. But then we discover LaGuerta came through and got it signed off anyway, albeit by somebody else. She plays the do right by me and I'll do right by you card and encourages disclosure from her troops, but she proved the other week that doing that still doesn't rule out her shitty on you from a great height, as she showed with Deb over the nightclub shootout. She knows full well she was in the wrong there, but let Deb take the fall all the same. Friendship, she seems to count for nothing with her. And we have a good bit of feedback about LaGuerta later. It's a good scene at Emily's house with her, Jordan and Lumen. We see Jordan coming unhinged, usually so composed and in control, and now he's losing it. His precious gang of rapists has gone and his career at risk of destruction, not to mention his personal liberty if the police catch up with him. I was shocked when he killed Emily here. He'd not dirted his hands directly before, and I expected some kind of explanation about the precise nature of their relationship. Emily really seemed to look up to him, idolise him in a way. Stockholm Syndrome, perhaps? Maybe we'll find out more next week. Are you mad at me? I did exactly what you told me to do. Please, shut up. I'm just trying to... Shut up! It's not my fault. Of course it's your fault! I find this profoundly distasteful. Never had to do anything before. Now I have no choice. I can't leave any witnesses. No, you said you wouldn't kill her. You didn't. Johnny Lee Miller. He was really good in this scene, and his line there was such a great one. Profoundly distasteful. Great stuff. So that's really it for the episode. Dexter arrives and finds Lumen and Jordan gone and sets off into the night on a mission. I did find something... Well, watching it, it felt like something was lacking. It wasn't the best episode of the season, but perhaps when it's viewed later, back-to-back with the finale, it'll come over better. Play episode 11 and 12 together as a combined extended episode. But there was plenty of action, and the plot moved along efficiently towards the final hour. I'll get straight on now, because we've got a ton of feedback to delve into. It's a monster mailbag. Listener feedback. A lot to go through again this week, including two voicemails. I asked the question last week about whether you guys felt the feedback section was too long and maybe warranted its own separate podcast, a kind of feedback special. I only got one direct response to this, so from that I assume the majority of you are quite happy. I'll go to this email first. Sorry, that was a small cough, not a burp. Um, So I'll go to this email first and then we'll get stuck into the meat of the feedback for the last episode. The email is from Matt Humphrey, who's been a pretty regular contributor. He just said, my vote goes for keeping the feedback into the podcast until such time that you start consistently going over an hour 30 minutes. So thanks, Matt. 
I only went over the hour mark for the first time last week, with the exception of the show I did with Heath and Donald the week before season five started, if you remember. That went just over two hours, but that was a whole different show to the regular review podcasts I do. I did have another email from someone who mentioned maybe editing the feedback, so I'm not reading or playing the whole thing, but to be fair to her, she was bothered more by a specific voicemail. I'd read her comments out, but the caller in question does actually call himself out this week, so I'll let him do his own bashing. Regarding the editing of feedback, some of the calls and emails can be quite long, but the way I see it, people take the time and effort to put thoughts down in an email, or they've taken the time to pick the phone up and call, and many of these are really detailed and clearly a lot of thought and work and consideration has gone into them. I could never trim them down for the sake of brevity or podcast running time. For me, that'd be unkind to those who support me by sending in the feedback. I I couldn't do it. Now, the person who mentioned editing, she was just referring to the one voicemail, not feedback in general, so I'm not picking on her. Indeed, she wrote in with her own comments about Dexter that we'll be coming to in a minute. Personally, I always encourage anyone who feels so inclined to write or call in, whether you have an extensive theory about I don't know, what Harry is, how season six will pan out, or just a one-sentence comment on the latest episode. Whether your opinion is positive or negative, please send it in. It's all good, and it's important to have a balance of opinions. OK, so I've, I've gone on enough about that. Let's go back to Matt Humphrey, who also sent some comments about the last episode. I printed them out, so if you hear rustling, <laughs> that's why. So I'm just adjusting my position. I'm sat in the car, shivering my... Uh, uh, my you-know-what's-off. Um, Matt says, I was glad to see Deb hadn't fallen for Jordan's charm. She's a bright one and sees right through his disingenuous attempt to seem cooperative. I was dreading that Lumen and Dex would take their relationship to an intimate level. I didn't think it would be believable or that it would feel wrong. However, I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't feel... that I didn't feel that way about it when it happened in episode 10. They seem like they are really made for each other. Also, it's probably in large thanks to the actor's skills that they made it seem so believable. A couple of things that perplexed me. Where has Deb been staying the past two episodes? I thought she was broken up with Quinn. If that's the case, she'd think she'd be staying back at her apartment. But that can't be because Dexter and Lumen are in there practising plunging knives into people without worry of her walking in. I'm confused. Also, what happened to Sierra and the Fuentes case? Has it been dropped? One brother is still at large, is he not? And wasn't Sierra bumped to detective? There's a lot of stuff for them to wrap up in the final episode. I hope it doesn't seem rushed. Also, the video previews seem to give away a huge plot point, although it could have been a misdirect with the way it was edited. If they spoil the significant am- a significant moment in the preview, I'll probably shoot myself. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Uh, I've not seen the video preview, and I'll be referring to that again in the... Uh, coming soon section um i certainly hope they didn't give away a spoiler regarding your comments about the episode um i too wondered what happened to the fuentes case when uh, when i was thinking about what 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 might be coming up in the next episode the finale i wondered whether they'd revisit that again and maybe tie up that second fuentes brother uh but it's not been referred to for a couple of weeks now so that's a bit odd uh indeed one brother is still at large and uh, Sierra Manzone, yeah, where the chuff is she? Um, obviously, Deb was feeling very betrayed by her. And uh, and obviously, Deb's been reinstated. And where's Manzone? 
who knows? <laughs> um, hopefully that's also something they'll tie up in the next episode. And uh, again, you, your thoughts echoed mine as to where has Deb been staying? When uh, we saw Dexter and Lumen at the apartment this week, I thought, hang on a minute, where the hell's Deb staying? Because, yeah, she'd, she'd given um, Quinn, the old Spanish archer, elbow. Um, and uh, you'd, you'd expect her to be spending a bit more time at the apartment, but... Well, who knows? It's just not been addressed, has it? So thanks for your email, Matt. Next email is from Kirsten in Ohio, who says, I was starting to really lose patience with the discussions that included Harry until you finally outright asked the question, what is Harry exactly? That's a very interesting subject, and I think it's being handled well. I like that it's ambiguous enough at this point that anyone who has been paying attention has a vague notion of what they believe, and we're all on the right track, so thanks for that. I disagree with people saying that Lumen is just like the other episodes, Lila, Miguel, Trinity. They were all killers. They were all, as time went on, destined to be on Dexter's table. They behaved abominably, and they had no excuse. Lumen was a victim of horrific violence, and has not become a bloodthirsty killer per se. I'd say she's participating in her own therapeutic process. She's killing the people who did unspeakable things to her. Will she stop killing when every last one of them is dead? I think she will, yes. When she realised that Asta's friend was being beaten, she didn't jump into a killing rage. She went to Dexter and discussed what was going on. When Jordan Chase is dead, what will she do? What will be her purpose then? I think we're going to see that while she's damaged, she's being managed by Dexter in a way that she manages to survive intact and able to live with her actions. Here's an idea. Deb is on to Lumen. Deb has admitted that she would kill these guys herself. What if Deb figures it out that Lumen and Dexter are behind the elimination of Jordan Chase's gang and decides to look the other way? Wouldn't that be interesting? Thanks, Kirsten. Yes, it would. <laughs> and uh, when... Deb was having that conversation with Quinn. The thought occurred to me, I wonder when all's said and done, if it, if it all comes out into the open, at least insofar as Lumen's involvement, whether maybe Deb lets her go, and especially so if she finds out Lumen's involved with Dexter, um, uh, with, with the killings. Um, obviously, Deb knows Lumen is, uh, is staying in Rita's house. Uh, but tying back in with Matt's email just now, doesn't hasn't Deb noticed Lumen staying in her apartment now? That's that's an odd one. And I agree with you about what Lumen will do once all is said and done with Jordan's gang. Um, that she's not she's not a serial killer. Um, she's got this thirst for revenge, uh, but once that's all done, where will she go? What will she do? It's well, I'm sure we'll find out in due course, but uh, it's an interesting question to ponder. And uh, <laughs> thanks for your comments about the Harry discussion. Uh, it is ambiguous, and uh, it's it's nice to have something, a nice a nice point of, of discussion, a, a, a nice topic to debate. And uh, we've all got our own thoughts and opinions on what Harry is, and it is open to interpretation at this stage. Uh, we had one or two good theories last week, and uh, no doubt the, d the debate will continue, and I welcome it. Thanks, Kirsten. Next email, Margaret in New England, who writes, So I didn't get my wish for a Rita realisation. 
But I did notice something. Why is Dexter still wearing his wedding ring? Is that for his own sake, or for Debs to show that he did care about Rita? On the other hand, the opening part with Dexter and Lumen playing on the floor with the layout plan was sweet, despite my wish for them to not continue as a couple. I'm usually not so bitter towards relationships, but the longer this one goes on, the more it bothers me. Dexter and Lumen holding hands? Seriously? Now, this was a very Harryless episode, and it's interesting to me, because while Dexter seemed at the top of his game, noticing the cameras, finding who took them out, etc., he had some very stupid moments too. Why did Harry, the subconscious, never speak up? Is this to say that Dexter's emotions are driving his actions now more than the code? After all, I think that if the confrontation with Liddy was in the first season or so, the outcome would have been much different. Maybe Dexter wouldn't have killed Liddy. Wasn't the M99 in the van with him when he was taken down? Couldn't he have just knocked Liddy out, tied him up, and moved him to a secure location until he knew what to do with him? That's what he did to Lumen, though I admit the circumstances were far from similar. I was thinking that when Quinn arrived, he would save Dexter and ask questions later, and we all thought that Quinn was more likely to kill Liddy than Dexter. What a twist. That said, the episode was lacking. Sure, it got us to a point where we could potentially see the season ending next week, and it may have just been because I was tired when I watched. But I was not really into this episode. Parts were just dragging. That and the writing was just a bit obvious in this episode. Deb suggested father, brother, husband and boyfriend for the vigilante's supposed assistant, and immediately everyone hopped onto the Romeo, Juliet, Bonnie, Clyde metaphors. Really? Of course we know that's what it is, but there are other ways to run with it. That and Deb's whole, what other word can you call it but love speech, and Liddy's obvious our location is, drop. Yes, we get it. Dexter's going over what the relationship is exactly with Lumen, and now Dexter knows where he is. Did it have to be so obvious? Or was that just me being nitpicky? This episode also brought me to a point I've been thinking for a while. LaGuerta. Yeah, she's not our favourite character, but let's go back to season one, where she was a strictly business-driven bitch who did anything and everything to get ahead. Now that she's ahead, she's just solidifying her position. I think we all gave her a bit of slack in season two, where we saw her opening up to Dokes, and then in season three with her connections and her affair, and then we saw a softer, though not well-received side, romantic side, with Batista in season four. Now she's back to her old self. Yeah, we just love to hate her, but that's the character she's always been, whether we admit it or, admit it or not. She may not like Deb, and she tries to delegate to a point where she just seems downright ignorant, but she's necessary. What type of job would it be if the head honcho was an easy-going yes-man, or woman, that everyone likes and no one had a problem with? Or at least, what type of job made for television? We need that obstacle. We need that grind-your-teeth, pissed-off-at character that stands in the way. Welcome, LaGuerta, to the role you've always been. This is not a defence for her character, necessarily. Feel free to hate her. And wish with every moment that she's on screen that someone would fire her, or happen to have a gun ready and pointed at her. Just remember that this is who she was, and this is who she always will be. And this is who we need to be mad at. And then, Mar and then Margaret concludes by promising to leave a voicemail at some point, and assure me that she wasn't teasing me about my Australian slip-up in any way last week. She says she just seriously adapts accents that she listens to for an extended period of time, or have fresh in her mind. So thanks, Margaret. A, a great email. So to address your points, the, the big one really is, is your comments about LaGuerta, and I think that's completely fair. She was originally 
uh, an obstacle. She was a bitch, um, very much career-driven, and that's who she is. Um, maybe she she was shown to be softer for so long, for you know, best part of two seasons, that um, we kind of forgot. We lost sight of who she really was. Um, and you're right, you need these antagonists in a show. You need these characters to get pissed off at and, and to put to put obstacles in the way of our our heroes, our favourite characters. And the fact that we we all <laughs> dislike her, maybe the writers have done a good job of, of setting her up to be this, this problem character and to give us someone to get mad at. You know, there have been issues with, with things she's done and, and uh, the way it's been written. And obviously we, we all got fed up with the slushy stuff last year with Batista. And it, it did feel for a long time that the writers didn't really know what to do with her. I don't know, kudos to the writers, I guess, if <laughs> if they wanted to create this, this antagonist that, that we love to hate. And, and I can't say there's a lot of love out there for <laughs> LaGuardia, is there? OK, so thanks again, Margaret. Ken Bennett from Australia dropped me a very quick line uh, but I'll give credit to him for taking the time uh, he just says quick note podcast is great enjoy your lovely weather thanks Ken I'm sure you're basking in the Australian sunshine at the moment and uh, although it's sunny here it's bloody freezing uh, so thanks for that but Christmas is coming so um, it's all good well I say it's all good we're going to lose Dexter for another year shortly aren't we so maybe it's not all good oh, woe is me ok next email writer gal has, has written in again and she says, I'm loving these last episodes and my only wish is that they weren't spaced so far apart. After watching episode 11 and hearing Deb talking about vigilantes in love, that phrase made me laugh, but I'm wondering if she won't discover that Dex is number 13's mysterious helper. She, I think, will be able to turn a blind eye and ignore what she's discovered due to her love for Dexter and a horror at the torture the Barrel Girls went through. And I predict though this may not be in the script, that we're going to discover that Jordan Chase was cosseted and sexually abused by his single mother. This has left him impotent, but filled with rage for women, especially blondes who look like his mother. What do you want to bet she was blonde? He can't rape anyone, but he can certainly ignite and urge others to do his dirty work. Glad Liddy is gone, and I'm wondering, with everyone else, how Dex is going to get Quinn out of the mess if he's the one blamed for Liddy's demise. As to Lumen... I want Dex to be happy in love, and he and Lumen deserve each other. Wonder how I can write to Julia Stiles' agent and beg her to keep Julia around for Dexter season six. Thanks for all your hard work. Love the podcast. Love the show. Thanks, writer gal. You make two very good points there, and uh, what you said there about how Deb may turn a blind eye, that links in with Kirsten. Yeah, it, something Kirsten said. Uh, along the same lines that, that Deb will uh, essentially let them go. Now, whether or not she finds out about Dexter remains to be seen. Uh, I suspect she will. I think that'll be the end of season cliffhanger. Uh, your other really good point was about the nature of the way Jordan chases. I think that could well turn out to be spot on. Uh, now, I've not seen the finale preview. I've not read the synopsis, uh, so I don't know what's coming. But maybe that will turn out to be, maybe that will turn out to be the case. Perfectly plausible, and uh, I think we'd all buy that if it turned out he's uh, it's almost the Norman Bates scenario uh, with uh, mummy issues. I think you could be right there. I like that. 
Reitigal also uh, wrote a paragraph referring to the uh, finale episode title, uh, but as this is a spoiler-free section, um, I won't I won't cover that now. We'll we'll look at that in the the coming soon section. Next email is from Michael in Pennsylvania. He writes. Personally, I think that Deb will finally uncover Dex's secret and it would be appropriate that she finds it out in the middle of him killing Jordan Chase rather than putting some clues together at the station. Her instincts have become so sharp as of late that it makes sense that she would somehow track down Chase and find Lumen and Dexter doing their thing. Oh, and I think Lumen lives. It's weird, but I find their relationship right somehow. While I always loved Rita, now I see that... Other than finding out Dexter's secret life, Rita had little else she could really contribute to the show because she would always be part of only half of Dexter's life rather than all of it, regardless of how twisted it really is. With Lumen, Dexter can be himself, as both normal Dexter, I say that loosely, and his dark passenger. I know that Lumen is dividing the aisles right now with fans, but so did Rita, though maybe not quite as much. They simply have not had enough time for their relationship to become what it could be. Simply put, they need more screen time. It's about time, really, that Deb finds out. With season six renewed, and probably season seven at some point, Deb needs to find out now. It gives her character some real juicy material to work with. The agonising realisation of what her brother is and has been since childhood, what Harry did and if she keeps it a secret, she will, and how that will affect her. I could see real hatred for her father next season and trying to figure out how she feels about Dexter now that she knows everything. I think to some degree we were given a clue that Deb would find out in the finale. In this episode, Lumen asked Dexter if his sister ever had any idea of what he truly was. Dexter responded that she has a blind spot when it comes to him. That's, that blind spot will have vanished after next week, big time. So, my predictions. Lumen lives. Deb finds out Dexter is a killer. Dexter confesses to Deb about everything, who he is and what Harry did. Lumen either escapes or is there with Dexter when Deb appears. Quinn suspects that Dexter killed Liddy, but does not pursue it too much. The screen cuts to black with Deb trying to come to terms and accept Dexter's secret, and with gun pointed at her brother, whether she should keep Dexter's secret and lumens, or turn them in. So, great email, Michael. Thank you. You make some good predictions, all perfectly plausible. Um, and I, I've i long held the uh, the feeling that at some point Deb will have a gun pulled on Dexter. And I did at one point predict that maybe the series as a whole will finish with um, possibly Deb killing Dexter to uh, save him from being discovered. I think I talked about that in the uh, the the long call I did with Heath and Donald before season five. If if you go back through the archives and and pull that one out, it's uh, I think I talk about it in there. The whole thing with Deb finding out and how she'll react and how it will affect her and her relationship towards Dexter and will she turn him in? That is the biggest thing that's still to be covered by the show, isn't it? Really, and I can't wait. Dexter has been the rock in her life for so long. She she had her daddy issues. Dexter was Harry's favourite, and she always felt that. She's often reminded Dexter of that. Uh, so Dexter has been the, the solid... But he, Dexter has always been there for Deb. And, yeah, I I really don't... I really couldn't put my money on which way she would go when she finds out. And let's face it, she's going to, isn't she? Um which way she'll fall, will she, whether she'll turn him in or not, I wouldn't want to put my money on it. She's going to be torn right down the middle. 
and it's going to make for some fantastic television, isn't it? And you say there, Michael, about Deb putting the clues together uh, and how sharp her instincts have been of late. I, I made the remark to uh, to my wife watching uh, this latest episode about Deb. I said she's good because she's really she's really shown great intuition. I mean, we, she's had she's had quite a good nose for for police work since season one. We've seen we saw the potential back then, but she's really pulled out some doozies over the seasons, and um, she's on top form. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for, for your email. Uh, oh, yeah, you, you wrote in again. Um, just found it here. Sorry. Um, your second email. You wrote back and said, after reading some of other people's thoughts online, it appears that many think Deb will not find out that Dexter is a killer, and I think they're wrong, and here's why. Dexter has been renewed for a sixth season, but not a seventh, because the actors have all been signed through six possible seasons. Therefore, a seventh and beyond is not a done deal. Future negotiations must be done. With that thought in mind, I feel that the producers cannot bank on the fact that a seventh season is going to happen, even if they think it probably will happen. They just can't take that chance. That is why Deb finding out is necessary. It needs to happen so that we can see the repercussions of its unveiling. I want to see a season or two revolve around Deb's dealing with this information. It's time it happened. Thanks again, Michael. Definitely is necessary. Uh, whether they can string it out for two seasons, I don't know. Um, I really don't want to uh, to see Dexter strung out longer than it needs to be. And, and I talked a little bit about negotiations for a seventh season in, in my intro. Uh, so thanks again, Michael. OK, enough of me talking. Let's go to the first of this week's two voicemails. This one's from Donald. Hey, Gareth, this is Donald from Louisiana, uh, United States, calling in for your Dexter podcast. I just have a few things I want to get off my chest. I really enjoyed uh, the second half of this season, and this last episode especially. I really enjoyed it. I know you said you didn't think it was the best thing ever, but I thought it was really suspenseful. But I I'm calling with a more of a general complaint. Um, kind of something that's just been grinding my gears a little bit. And it doesn't really take away from the show, but it's this whole thing that Dexter has where he's under the impression that it doesn't matter like if you're a little infant or fetus or a little tiny baby, if you are exposed to someone dying or some murder, you're just automatically going to grow up and be a serial killer. And I can understand uh, you know, going through that because what happened to him when he was a kid but when it happened to Harrison, I mean, it's obviously just a little kid who probably doesn't even comprehend what's going on. And he was terrified out of his mind. And I'm like, seriously? That's just not really believable to me. And then another thing that kind of reaffirmed that the, the belief that I have that Dexter thinks this is with uh, Lumen. And, you know, she killed the person. So now, and honestly, I've never killed anyone, so I can't say. But uh, when she killed the person, he was under the impression that now her entire life is just changed, and she's a changed person, and and it's just because she killed one guy, you know, he thinks that she's just going to be going through all this, this different stuff. And I don't know if that a lot of uh, Dexter just wanting that to be, so he would have a companion, someone that he can actually trust now, or if he really, really believes that, in it, that it, you'll just be this changed person from now on. Because she's really, she seems to be the same lumen. You know, she's, she's always been wanting to get revenge, and now she just seems like now she killed one guy, now she is still wanting revenge. I haven't really seen that much of a change in her for him to think that, you know, being exposed to all this stuff just changes you for life. But I was wondering what you thought about that, and I'll leave you alone now. Thanks. Later. 
Thanks a lot, Donald. Really great to hear from you. Long-term listeners may remember Donald from the Season 5 preview podcast I did with him and Heath in September. Your point of contention about Dexter being paranoid that anyone who witnesses or experiences something totally horrific and traumatic, as Lumen and Harrison certainly have, that they'll turn into serial killers like Dexter did. Yes, he certainly was in a state of... um, state of panic about Harrison turning out like him. Remember the scene with the counsellor who assured him that Harrison is too young to remember remember anything and not to worry about it affecting him in later life. The relief on his face was clear for us all to see. With Harrison, the parallel with Dexter's own life was similar, though witnessing his uh, mother being murdered. The difference being Dexter was older and very aware, Harrison just being a baby of a few months old. Dexter old enough to remember and be affected by it, Harrison not. But Dexter's paranoia and concern were understandable. Last thing he wants is for Harrison to turn out like him and have the same difficult life. Now, we can look at it rationally and say that he was just being paranoid, but to him, as someone traumatised themselves, but more importantly as a father, we can't really blame him. As a parent, you of course want the best for your child, and you want to protect them from anything negatively affecting them. Of course there are plenty of people who have gone through great trauma as children and didn't turn into serial killers. Also bear in mind Dexter had Harry steer him down that path and recently admit that he was wrong. I think we can forgive Dexter being too panicky and irrational about the extent of Harrison's trauma. As for Lumen, again you're right, Dexter is convinced she could now be a killer like him, and... Yes, she has now killed. But for her, I think it's different to him. She's driven by a thirst for vengeance, different to Dexter's historic urges. But I feel that's where it ends with her. Presumably they get to Jordan Chase in the finale next week. I'm saying presumably, I don't know, because I've not seen the preview. Um, But once he's gone, the gang is no more and she has her revenge. Will she have a hunger to to kill any more? Perhaps not. Will she have closure? Maybe so. But where this leaves her and Dexter, I just don't know. Can she stay with him when he may continue to need to kill? Will she support him, knowing he's dispatching people who themselves have killed? We will soon find out, I'm sure. But I think Dexter would be wrong to presume she's turned into a long-term killer herself. So you're right, Donald, to get annoyed by Dexter wanting to label her as a serial killer and that her life is now one of a killer. Her life is certainly different now, but she's given us no indication she'll want to carry on killing once the gang is gone. Part of Dexter's rationale may be that he so wants a companion who understands him and empathises with him, someone he can be totally himself with and open with, but we can't hold that against him. We can understand his need. Thanks again, Donald. Great to hear from you, mate. Barbara in New York writes... I was sorry to see Emily Birch die before letting us in on why she remained loyal to Jordan Chase, although an explanation of Stockholm Syndrome seems to be the consensus. Seems flimsy to me. I was glad to see Liddy go, however. I thought Quinn would be the one to kill him, but it was Dexter instead, giving Dexter a chance to throw away some evidence against him. Love your podcast. It's the best of the lot. Thanks for all your hard work. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks for the the compliment. Uh, Yeah, I was... I was shocked to see Emily get dispatched quite so abruptly and, and so soon. I thought we'd get a, a bit more insight into into the nature of her continued relationship, uh, seemingly long-term relationship with Jordan. 
Stockholm Syndrome at the moment seems to be the only plausible explanation. But maybe we'll get a bit more insight next week. Thanks, Barbara. My first Dutch correspondent has written in. Roy in the Netherlands writes... I just discovered your podcast after watching episode 9 of Dexter season 5. Very nice and insightful, and it gives me a way to enjoy the series even more. Thanks for that. Luckily, by now, we know that season 6 is certain. So I guess we'll have more dissecting Dexter podcast, right? Season 5 has been a tough ride for me. I was really shocked and saddened by Rita's death, and it took me a while to accept that she was gone. On the other hand, I do see how season 5 would be repetitive had she still been around. For the story, Rita's job was done. On one hand, I thought her death was a cheap plot device to have a reboot for the series. On the other hand, it does fit Dexter's fate, which I think isn't going to end well at the end of the series. Also, I didn't like having the kids moved out of the way so quickly. I was expecting to see more of Dexter dealing with fatherhood. But halfway through season five, and probably thanks to Julia Stiles' performance, I started to buy into the story again. Dexter's apparent apparent lack of emotion about Rita's death fits his character, which is, well, emotionless. And, as in previous seasons, he needs someone to help him deal with the things that happened to him. And in a way, he is dealing with it, although Deb is the only one mentioning her name once in a while. So, I'm getting over Rita's death the Dexter way now. Ha ha. One thing I'll say for the story writers, it took guts to have such a character die. As for the kids, I was delighted to see Asta return in episode 9, which was a nice little storyline, and also served as a huge step for Dexter, which you already spoke about. I think Lumen is a great partner for Dexter. While quickly, I think the timing was okay for them to get together at the end of episode 10. In your review of episode 10, you were wondering whether Jordan Chase might have seen Dexter and Lumen switch houses. If I recall well... We could see Jordan drive away from the house after finishing the phone call with Deb, so apparently he was confident the police was going to catch Dexter and Lumen in the act. Episode 11 was another good one in my opinion. I really like seeing Jordan Chase lose control. We're starting to see the real Jordan. In my opinion, it already starts in his conversation with Deb and Quinn in his office. The way he reacts seems a bit out of control already, like he's starting to panic. And especially when he's in Emily's house with Lumen, with Emily longing for his confirmation in a certain way, he loses total control. His true self is exposed when he delivers the line, I found this profoundly distasteful, I've never had to do anything before, which Johnny Lee Miller does outstandingly. Watching Emily being murdered was painful, a character with such a sad story, but it helps to show how sick and twisted Jordan Chase really is. There are a few details I was wondering about whether or not the writers were doing this on purpose. First, when Lumen and Dexter enter Quinn's apartment, we see a computer wallpaper showing a car in the background, and when Lumen goes through his files, she finds the little movie with the flatulent cat, and then she walks away from the computer, leaving that picture on screen. We don't see them returning to the computer. Will this be the way that Quinn finds out there was someone in his apartment? Another thing that made me scream, no, at the TV was the fact that Dexter threw Liddy's laptop in the water, only feet away from the van he was murdered in. The police is going to search the environment and will definitely find the computer, with the video footage still on the hard drive. While wet, there are always ways to recover that information. Seems a bit like a stupid move from Dexter. The finale now leaves a lot of loose ends to tie up. What about the Santa Muerta murders? How will this affect Deb? What will happen to Lumen? 
At first I thought she wasn't going to survive the season, and then I thought she would turn against Dexter, but now I think she'll still be around in season six. She still has some some healing to go through, and my guess is that season six will be about Lumen healing and Dexter continuing his journey in becoming normal. Looking forward to episode 12 season and season six already, as well as a new episode of your podcast. Great work. Thanks, Roy. Great email and some good points. A lot of loose ends still to tie up, as, as we've talked about. And the laptop, yeah, I thought that odd that he dispatched it so close to the van. I thought that's that's going to come back to bite him. Um, and whether or not a soggy hard drive is recoverable, I, I'm not sure. I ought to Google that, maybe. And yeah, Quinn could well find out um, when he gets back to his, his apartment and finds that uh, farting cat on the screen. And Johnny Lee Miller's performance in that scene, in, in the murder scene of, of Emily, yeah, that was good. That was good performance, good acting. Well done, sir. And, uh, yeah, Jordan does seem to be coming apart a bit, or uh, well, a bit, in a major way, I think it's fair to say. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Next we go to our second voicemail this week. This one's from regular caller Travis. Hey, Gareth. This is Travis from California again. I thought I'd give you my thoughts on uh, this latest episode of Dexter, Hop a Freighter. Uh, before I get into that, I'd just like to briefly address last week's uh, podcast feedback. I was really surprised that I found I was in the minority of the people who were not liking Lumen. You know, uh, so many Dexter fans can't be wrong, can they? You know, I'm starting to think maybe I'm the crazy one, you know? I mean, you know, it could be, you know? Uh, that being said, I I still believe everything that I said. I'm still very unhappy with it, but, uh, you know... I understand I'm not very pleasant to listen to when I'm complaining, you know, and I I was fully aware of that. So I apologize, and I thank you for putting me up on there, even though I am I was being kind of a jackass. But I don't mind being the contrarian here on the Dissecting Dexter podcast. If there needs to be a devil's advocate, an opposing opinion, I will gladly play that role if I must. But anyway, I'm going to keep this, this, uh, this phone call short, to the point. So here we go. Uh, for this episode any sort of development that happened in this episode, it's just going to get addressed, hopefully, in the next episode, you know. Obviously, there was that cool scene with um, Liddy and Dexter, you know, in the van, you know, bye-bye Liddy, you know. If I, you know, probably I, I could say some funny Robocop quote now, but I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with the film. But, uh, you know, even when I'm watching that, I know Dexter's kind of get away, like, yeah, you know, it's not the last episode. He's not going to get captured just yet. Maybe that's a personal problem of my own. But anyway, I'd just like to point out just a few things I noticed, not so much criticism, just things I noticed, maybe others noticed it. Um, it's been a good three or four episodes since we've seen anything from the Santa Muerte case, or even, you know, that uh, new cop that took over Deb's job for a day or so, when Deb was supposed to be on suspension for half a year or something, then just got back from, for one day. Yeah, we haven't seen them in a while. I mean, did they just drop that? One of the Fuentes brothers still lived. Are they going to bring it back? If so, are they going to find time to bring it back in, this, in you know, this last hour that's supposedly going to be crammed with other stuff who knows i've also noticed dexter is still wearing rita's wedding band or ring uh you know that's a little odd i mean not just dexter himself but michael c hall he's got to be taking that ring on and off when he's putting gloves on or switching costumes or something you know taking a shower going to sleep whatever i find it weird that dexter's still wearing it because you know it's like dexter you don't even talk about rita anymore you know, I guess you've moved on with Lumen, but you don't even mention Rita. I mean, is there, shouldn't there be some sort of acknowledgement of uh, this 
why Dexter's still wearing this ring, I guess they could do it in the finale. You know, I don't want to speak too soon. Also, I just like I'd lastly just like to to point out that I think a uh, a major emotional milestone was passed up in this past episode. Uh, you know, Dexter thinks he's being spied on. He goes to the van. He's ready to kill Quinn, like right there. And you know, what? I you know I support that as much as I like Quinn a lot, and I do. Yeah, that's the right decision, man. If you're being threatened, take it. You take care of that shit now, Dex. You know, but I mean, he was just ready to do it now, no question. Back in season two, he couldn't kill Dokes because he was an innocent. And Dokes had more information, more proof against Dexter than Quinn has. Now, I understand that perhaps, you know, Dexter was ready to do it because now he has Lumen to take care of. You know, Lumen is his pet project or whatever. You know, he's got Lumen. He, he wants to protect Lumen, so that's why he was ready to do that, you know, what he must. You know, I guess the first rule of code is don't get caught or whatever. But, uh, you know, I feel like this could have been a good opportunity to use the not often used Harry, the not often anymore used Harry, you know, just kind of address, like, Dexter, are you ready to just kill an innocent person to do this? You know, they just kind of gleamed over that. Dexter didn't really seem to acknowledge anything. So, I don't know. So, anyway, man, thanks for listening to me. Thanks for putting this podcast out for everyone to hear. I can't wait for uh, season one rewatch to begin again. But, of course, they understand you want to take a little break from Dexter, man, you know, too much Dex. You know, too much of a good thing could be a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, man, keep it real, Gareth. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Travis. Apology accepted, although um, really there's no need to apologise. You're perfectly entitled to your opinion, and it's good to have a balance of opinions. And it does seem that the majority of listeners are really enjoying pretty much pretty much everything about the season, with, with some uh, obvious exceptions. Um, but balance is good, so... Uh, don't feel bad about um, giving the show a bit of a bashing when you need to or yourself <laughs> give yourself a bit of a bashing when you need to um, the Liddy scene yeah I completely agree you knew Dexter would get away uh, and you mentioned some some loose ends that are still uh, to be tied up we've mentioned these in, in some of the other uh, emails we've had as uh, the Santa Muerta case Officer Monzone uh, you mentioned Dexter's wedding ring uh, I noticed that too I wonder whether it was maybe Michael Hall's own wedding ring. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't take it off uh, in character, though. Um, I don't know. He's not completely over Rita yet, uh, and and you know we could we can excuse him for that. He's it's it's still very soon, um, and and he wasn't exactly expecting uh, to be sleeping with Lumen, so or getting romantically involved. So I think we can cut in some slack there for still having his ring on. Uh, and the emotional milestone you mentioned uh, where Dexter was threatened, um, uh, apparently, well, he thought by Quinn, and, and just heading straight out to deal with it. Um, he went to deal with it thinking it was Quinn, of course. And he he went armed with, with M99. I mean, maybe he was um, just going to incapacitate him and, and incarcerate him somewhere. Uh, perhaps he didn't go with the intention of killing, uh, remembering back to when he dealt with Dokes in Season 2, and he just sort of locks him up not really knowing what to do with him and maybe it would have been a similar thing with Quinn but thanks again Travis always good to hear from you next email is uh, our first French correspondent we're doing well for first this week Charlene writes and she starts by saying some nice things about the podcast which I appreciate of course and then she goes on to say regarding the scene where Lumen and Dexter consummated their relationship I just wanted to react about what you said because almost everybody I talked to shared your opinion 
I don't think it was premature for Lumen to have sex again after all the horrid stuff she's been through. During the time she was captive, she was denied all control over her own body and her sexuality was, in a way, stolen from her. I think having sex with Dexter was one more step towards healing. She needed to feel in control of her body again. She needed to be the one to choose to have sex and not be a victim of someone else's perverted desires. And of course, Dexter and Lumen don't have a typical relationship, so I don't think it's fair to compare it to what regular people would do. As for Dexter, I know everybody will disagree with me. I think he cared for Rita, a lot, but never truly felt love for her. I think he's discovering love right now, with Lumen. Overall, this scene was beautifully scripted, brilliantly acted, and just plain brilliant and emotional. But that's just my humble opinion. About Lumen watching the DVD, I think it was her way of trying to find closure. I found it quite horrific. I'm glad we didn't see any footage. And Dexter giving it to her, well, Dexter isn't exactly a typical guy. About episode 11, I thought the scenes between Dexter and Lumen were beautiful because, with the obvious fact that we're going to have to say goodbye to Lumen next week, the writers are really trying to show us how much these two understand each other, thus making it more tragic to see her gone. I really like seeing Jordan Chase losing his temper and getting his hands dirty. I really feared for Lumen's well-being during the whole scene. In some moments, I find him scarier than Trinity because he doesn't hurt people physically, well, up until this episode, but has the ability to destroy them completely. I don't think Lumen will be killed in the finale, but there's a great chance she will leave Miami for one reason or another. It would be lazy of the writers to kill her after killing Rita last season. Recycling is not always a good thing. Liddy's death was predictable but needed to happen. However, Dexter was quite sloppy on this one, even more than he's been before. Throwing the laptop in the water might have been a fatal mistake. The episode was really intense in the last 15 minutes, and I'm sure the finale will be even more intense, leaving us with our jaws dropped. A lot of people complain about how Lumen changed Dexter, but I personally like the direction the character is taking. I'm not saying everything is perfect about this season, it's far from being perfect, but it might be my favourite season so far, especially regarding the character development and how Dexter is changing. I have one question. Why do people dislike Lumen and Julia Stiles so much? I find a character very interesting, and Julia Stiles is quite a good actress, so I really don't understand all the hate towards her and the character. I don't quite understand how people can prefer Lila or Miguel over Lumen. Thank you for the hard work you put into your amazing podcasts, Charlene from France. Hence the mediocre use of the English language. Well, thanks, Charlene. Uh, certainly far from mediocre use of the English language. I think your, your vocabulary there was uh, certainly exceeded mine on occasion. So <laughs> uh, thank you for writing in, and uh, please don't worry about your um, English writing. It was spot on. Regarding your comments... I've not seen a huge amount of, of hate for Lumen and Julia Stiles. I've seen a lot of compliments about Julia Stiles' acting, um, and I've complimented her many times in the podcast. And I've enjoyed the character. I, her, her motivation, her, her background is all perfectly believable, um, and she's potentially a lot of good for Dexter. I think in the end of it, though, I, I agree with you, she'll probably have to go away. Um, for his own well-being, for his own safety, and, and to ensure he, he stays undiscovered, shall we say. And he made some good comments about the uh, Dexter Lumen uh, consummating their relationship. Uh, some good good thoughts there. Thanks very much, Charlene. Two more emails to go to. Oh, this, this podcast is going to be a record again, isn't it? Um, <laughs> thanks very much, everyone, for writing in. Uh, there's been loads to go through this week. I hope you're all still with me. Paris Hardy has emailed in again from Alabama. 
And he says, I love the opening standoff with Deborah right up in Jordan's grill. She let him know she could see straight through his bullshit and that it's only a matter of time before the vigilante closes in on him. Is it just me or is she almost always the one to fit pieces of an investigation together? She nearly has Dexter and Lumen's MO pinpointed, she just hasn't realised it yet. I've always liked Deborah's character, but this season she really jumped to the top of my list. The scene with Lumen and Dexter planning the final showdown using Harrison's toys was a stroke of genius. So awkward yet so fitting for the two of them. Speaking of Harrison, what's up with the nanny and how much she's, is she getting paid? Seriously, she's driving him all around Florida, planning his birthday and picking up the other kids. Moving on, I knew Liddy was a goner as soon as he whipped out that taser. Dexter's never taken well to being kidnapped. Love Liddy's cockiness in this scene with Dex and Quinn. He was so sure he had this in the bag. Amazing turnaround. My only problem with this is that they got rid of the video evidence far too easily. There's no way Liddy didn't make some sort of copy. Hope they don't just drop the fact that an ex-cop was murdered in an empty surveillance van. Can't say I didn't see Emily's demise coming. It never ends well for the women in these guys' lives, does it? Jordan has finally come unhinged. It's interest, I'm interested to see what his end game will be. He's been fascinated by Dexter since they first met. Now that he has Lumen, he's got some serious leverage. I wonder how much closer Deborah will come to finding the truth. I can't shake the feeling that Lumen's going to sacrifice herself to save Dexter. I've really had a lot of fun listening to your podcast this year, Gareth. Thanks. And thank you, Paris. Another great email, thank you. Uh, some good thoughts about Deborah there. Yeah, she's, uh, I mentioned earlier, she's, she's been on top form lately. And uh, her police detective skills are really, uh, well, they're worth their weight in gold, I would say. And you're right, what, <laughs> the nanny, super nanny indeed. Um, she's either being paid a lot or the writers are just, um, I don't know, she's just a plot device. <laughs> I thought she was going to be something bigger this year, but I don't know, just a plot device, I think. Our last email this week is from Writergal, who wrote in uh, a second time um, regarding the previous episode. She said, I think that, that Lumen watched the DVD so she could remind herself of what they did and to psych herself up for what was coming. It was very moving to watch Dex as he simply listened to her watching those scenes. He was profoundly moved too. About Lumen initiating the consummation of the relationship with Dexter, Lumen's story arc has been about her rising from a tortured, broken heap and reclaiming her life, her identity and her sexuality. Dexter's arc has been about him rising from a grief-stricken, guilty husband and finding the impetus to keep on living, fathering and even loving, to re-establish relationships and to learn trust again. I knew from the moment Lumen came through the door after Alex, Alex's kill that she was feeling victorious. She had a I'm-on-top-of-the-world-and-I-can-do-anything look in her eyes, so I wasn't all surprised when she went into the bedroom and made her move on Dexter. Beautifully played scene as Dex let her, led her, let her lead, that's easy for you to say, knowing what she was feeling, yet gave, herself, gave himself to her utterly. In consummating the relationship with Dexter, she gained a huge victory over her torturers because they didn't ruin this part of her life forever. She claimed victory over them by giving herself to Dexter, and he gave himself victory over his grief in the same act. The shot of them lying there together, both of them with visible scars, spoke volumes, beautifully done and perfectly timed. Reitergal also commented about the feedback section, mentioning that some of the emails cover the same points, and as such could become a bit repetitive, which is a fair comment. I did say at the beginning of this section that I didn't like to cut your emails when you've gone to the trouble of writing them but I don't know I can see the argument I guess that at the same time I have to consider you all the rest of you listeners I've not done it this week but maybe I'll look at 
next week at being a little bit more aware of repetition while still crediting everyone who writes in. But please don't let this put you off writing in, though. OK, before we finish this section, a quick shout-out and thanks to some new iTunes reviews. We've had thanks to Mr. Colourblind and Travis Porter in the US, Otherworld314 in Canada and VF Kira in Australia. Thanks, everyone. If you want to ring in, the listener lines in the US, it's 206-350-6166. And in the UK, it's 0844-579-6949. And with the UK line, you enter mailbox ID 08320 when the voice prompts you. The email address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at dissectdexter or my personal Twitter, which is at gareth underscore UK. And how about this? If you're on Xbox, add me on there. It's Lethal Sparrow. Lethal S-P-A-R-R-A. You'll usually find me on Call of Duty Black Ops at the moment. Next time on Dissecting Dexter. Well, you guys know the significance of the next episode. For the first time this season, I'm not going to refer to the synopsis. Honestly, I don't want to know. I've not seen the preview video either, but that's nothing unusual. Obviously, we know how episode 11 finished. The episode played very much like the first half of a two-parter. Dexter walking away at the end, resolute, like a man on a mission, which, which of course he is. So, I've not seen the preview or any synopsis for the finale, so I won't be referring to those, but if you don't want to know the episode title, and to be honest, it gives nothing away... So it's not a spoiler in any real way, but skip on a minute to dodge it if you want to. The episode is called The Big One, and may refer to Jordan Chase being the big fish of the gang, or perhaps something else. I had a little feedback referring to this episode's title that I didn't want to include in the feedback section for spoiler reasons, so I'll cover it now. It's from our good friend Writer Gal, who says, I wrote you earlier about the episode title for episode 12. It's now called The Big One, but at some point it was titled Through a Glass Darkly. I'm wondering if they changed the title, because the biblical title from Corinthians 1... What's this? 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter. It would give something important away. It did to me anyway, because the latter part of that verse ends with, but then I shall know even as I am known. And this led me to believe that someone, probably Deb, will see Dex as he truly is, but not completely. It's all fascinating to wonder when and how much Deb will find out. You can imagine her being in total denial to start with and refusing to consider it seriously. I think something will be clicking on Sunday night and leave us hanging to next season as to how she'll deal with it. Thanks, writer gal. So, as next week's a season finale, you'd expect the story arcs to wrap up, Jordan Chase being one that'll definitely get resolved, but I don't know if we'll get anything more on the remaining Fuentes brother or Sierra Manzone. I hope they weren't just plot lines to keep people busy. Yes, we've got more important stuff to worry about, but even so. But I do have faith they'll be at least mentioned, though. The writers do as proud at times. They've earned our trust. The big questions really are what will come of Dexter and Lumen's relationship. Will she go away quietly so to protect him? As long as she's around, she's impl- he's implicated and at risk. And will Deb firstly identify Lumen as girl 13? And will she twig that Dexter is her accomplice? These are the key issues for me, and I'm eagerly anticipating the finale to see how these play out. 
so that's it for another Dissecting Dexter. I'll keep this outro brief because this is another monster episode and I apologise sincerely if it's risking outstaying its welcome. I'll make every effort to make things more slick for next week. So I'll get off now then. I hope to get some guests on next time to talk about the finale and season five in general and incorporate that into my own finale podcast so depending on scheduling there may not be a new show next week but hopefully by the end of the week after which will be coming out a bit close to christmas i know um hopefully there'll be uh, a, sh- a show that week so don't worry if you don't hear from me next week i won't be leaving you in the lurch i promise thanks for listening take care guys and enjoy the finale mm-hmm.